0: hello welcome to some derps talk about games i'm your co-host mango and i am your co-host buddy and today we're going to talk a little bit about role-playing games before we do that buddy why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast
1: on this podcast uh we talk about games today those games are going to be video in fashion uh and specifically role-playing i guess also in fashion um uh, yeah, this is going to be a little bit like the roguelike episode, um, but f- this time centered more on kind of what makes, uh, you know, like what makes an RPG, which is actually, you know, it's a tougher question than I thought, if that, you know what I mean? Like, it really feels like a weird term to be using in like the modern, the modern era.
0: Yeah, so so just to, to give a little bit of background as to, as to what what kind of sparked this conversation. um. Uh, I, I am playing the newly released Nier Automata. I was okay. having a discussion with uh, our, our, our mutual friend, Alexio, and um, he called it an action RPG, and I called it a character action game, and we got into a, a discussion about why it would or would not be an RPG. Um, and uh, just kind of like the, the aspects of, of what an RPG boiled down, because like during the Roguelikes episode... Um, you know, I, I kind we we kind of lightly touched upon it. That, you know, not all progression mechanics, um, are an RPG like you know m- m- make an RPG. But uh, you know, like Call of right. Duty is is definitely not an RPG. But um, kind of in the course of that conversation and in the lead up to this episode, I've I had not been able to come up with a better kind of definition than kind of like a you know a, a very basic smell test right like i look at this and it's said, and and i say this is not an rp you know kind of the very famous um uh the the uh the quote on on what is porn it's like i, I can't define it but i know it when i see it that's mm-hmm. kind of the best i've got right now for what i feel at least is an rpg and um i think a deeper exploration of this would be
1: see the- interestingly enough um I think the definition of RPG is basically outdated at this point. Like it's oh, really? a bas- it's basically worthless. Uh, which I don't know. Maybe that's a little uh, maybe that's a little on like the harsh side uh, of you know uh, of kind of talking about things. But um, yeah, because you know I so you know obviously the term RPG comes. Uh, it comes from somewhere, right? It's a historical term, um, and it mean you. You know, it came from the the role playing games like the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, uh, which came around in the seventies, kind of exploded in popularity in the eighties, right? Um, and as people started incorporating that into you know like video games and everything, uh, that is you know where you know it, it adopted that title, right? But the thing is, if you think back. 20 years 30 years the difference between an rpg and most other genres of games are as stark as you want them to be right those progression mechanics that are in you know that that are in call of duty now right those didn't exist in golden in golden eye your only progression was a find better guns on the map i guess you know what yeah. i mean like yeah there, um, there wasn't
0: the, the, the progression was was all kind of like player skill based, right? Like right, you know, so you-
1: like experience points, right, leveling, like you know, in depth inventory things. These things did define RPGs. They just don't define RPGs anymore because the definition of RPGs is outmoded, right? All of these other open world games, uh, you know, and everything else, they've um, they've kind of subsumed though and just pulled these 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 mechanics out of RPGs one by one until kind of everything is an RPG. Um, at this point.
0: Oh. I, I mean, I don't know if everything's an RPG, but certainly there are a ton of things out there. with, sure. with yeah. With, you, know, you, you can find RPG flavoring on, on almost any, on any genre out there. Well, you know, so I
1: think, you know, I and I think it actually makes, you know, if you think about it, it kind of makes a certain amount of sense, right? If I'm playing an arcade, you know, it, it, where I'm thinking of the uh, structure of games being linked to arcades, right? um progression mechanics like that are hard to pull off because you kind of need players at you know whatever skill level to be munching kind of to you know to like to munch quarters and everything and the longer and more in depth you have a you know you have your progression mechanics which suggests kind of a closer and closer um you know integration to RPGs you are making it harder for someone to just kind of pick up and play your game, right? In fact, you actually see the opposite of the of you know, like the typical RPG progression mechanics uh, in a way because what happens is instead of the player progressing, the enemies progress, right? You load into the game. Um, and are kind of, you know, you, you load into whatever, right? Like two, two dudes beat them up game and the first enemies you fight are really easy, but the enemies get harder and harder and you don't progress. You don't, you don't level up, change, progress all that much basically at all.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you as a player, right? Like might get better at the game, but like the, the, the primary progression mechanic in that place is, is, is player skill, right? Not, not anything in- inherent to the character.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that you know, uh, so so to kind of pull this out a little bit, I think progression mechanics are required in some sense, right? You kind of can't have a game where point A and point B of that game are, you know, even 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 games that I think of as being you know, simple. Right? Like Tetris, right? The higher you climb in rounds, the faster your blocks come. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of everything has progression mechanics. If you're not pre- – because, you know, <coughs> if you're thinking about it from my progression from – my, from my perspective that kind of everything is a story, uh, which I can't believe we haven't done an episode on that yet. But – Every you know every story has has an arc. You have to begin and end in different you know in a kind of a different spot. There has to be progression there. I think that's that that same principle is true of mechanics. Otherwise, your game is going to be you know kind of boring and uh, and uninteresting, right?
0: Um, I wonder if that's if that's strictly true, because like in, in addition to this, we've seen the kind of like rise of a lot of sandbox type games, which are kind of like in some ways progression devoid right like this is like say your your mind your minecraft creative modes and you like um sim games with with kind of like re- all resource constraints turned off um and people find a lot of joy in those your your, your things like like Vine rider um right like
1: so i think progression is natural to players is a little bit of the point I'm making, right? So, for instance, if I sit down to play chess, right? My first game of chess and my tenth game of chess are two very different games because I've progressed. As sure. The, the, game, the game itself hasn't progressed, but I have progressed. Um, well, I guess that's not a mechanic... So I can't call Uh, that, but that's kind of the principle I I guess I'm getting at, right? Is that progression is natural to games? You you want to progress? Just like the bare bones interaction with a system, right? With a game system, demands progression from from you, and so mirroring that progression of you in the system is the valuable thing that RPGs do and that games kind of. But yeah, I guess you're right. Not everything has you know. There are no
0: progression mechanics to something like chess. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is also kind of like its own question with like, well, where like where do you kind of draw kind of like that end line, right? Like, League of Legends, for example, has both individual match progression and also you know meta game inter game progression, um, and you know. Like you're talking about your first and your last game of t- chess, I do think there is, there's you know, obviously progression inside that game of chess, right? Like the right. game state moves forward. Um, and you know, the if if, if I want to go back and argue with myself for like these open world sandbox games, the progression is essentially whatever goal you set for yourself, right? Like you don't sit there and just kind of like stare at the screen and nothing happens, you are working towards a goal. Granted, it's a creative. creative an open-ended goal with yeah, no you yeah, know, actually, like, I think
1: that's really solvent because if you think about it, right, like the progression, uh, like the kind of the, the progression mechanic is essentially just the fact that the game takes what you do and saves it, right? Right. Uh, every block that you play, place is going to be guaranteed to be there, <coughs> and that and that process of placing a block, placing another block on top of it, placing another top on block on top of it, you know, whatever else. Um, That is in and of itself a super basic, right? But it is technically speaking a progression mechanic. I think actually, you know, if you look at a game like chess or like Tetris, just the movement of the game board, the game state changing from point A to point B, those those also kind of count. Uh, They're very, I think they're very basic, very minor, and don't you know they don't get at the same kind of kind of uh, like complexity and nuance. But it is a you know. You know, this is kind of the uh, this is kind of the, like the, this is like the twenty first century super modern kind of mechanic compared to the caveman mechanic, right? Like one of them is one of them is just like infinitely more complex than the other.
0: Sure, but so so, um, this this kind of wind it back to like the the overarching point. If if, if this is the case that everything has progression, then we need either a different word or we need to, for the purposes of this discussion, restrict the definition of progression to something as it relates to to role-playing games, right? Because um, chess is not an RPG. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Um, okay, uh,
1: that's fair. I think I would say something along the lines of permanent player progression is the root of this RPG stuff.
0: I, I would say, actually, permanent character progression. Okay, for, just-
1: fair. Character, well, yeah, fine. Fuck my alliteration up, but... Sure. Yeah,
0: yes. Yeah, well, just just because, like, I think your your general player progress, like, so I I am a fan of super tough platformers, right? Um, and the the, the progression there is player progression, right? It's 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 systematic. It yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. I think that's that's better, oh, kind of like yeah. term wise. But yeah, that's the thing that I think makes RPGs unique is that you know, it's not like some like for instance, I don't think GoldenEye is an RPG, right? right. Um, and the fact that I can pick up a I can pick up a gun in Goldeneye, right? When I go pick up an AK-47 and drop my PP-7, I guess you don't drop any guns. You just keep all of your guns because I think it's like an infinite holster. Anyway, yeah, you know. But when I pick up my when I pick up my AK-47, I that's progression, right? Um, but it's not permanent progression. It's only there until I run out of ammo, until the end of the level. Right, you know, in Doom, right, you know, like that's kind of the way the way some of this stuff works. All of that kind of progression is, um, uh, is not, per- you know, it's it's not permanent, right? But but the the kind of defining characteristic of RPGs is that you get these, uh, you know, you get experience points, you get items that are that are with you for forever. Um, in a lot of cases, uh, it's not like you can de-level, Well, I guess you can delevel in something like EverQuest.
0: But, right, but know. but that's, that's kind of like sliding up and down on the the, the scale based on kind of like a, a punishment system. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but but kind of in this in in this way is, are, are you in favor of kind of casting a very wide net with with, with the term for RPG? Because under the definition you just listed, Call of Duty and its modern incarnation counts as an RPG, right? You've yeah, got permanent. Well, this this, is, this is
1: in keeping with my original thesis, which is that the de- the definition of rpg has been it it makes sense historically it doesn't make sense in modern in the modern era because so many mechanics have been stolen from rpgs over the past you know 15 years i maybe less than that maybe 10 years what do i think about that actually yeah, maybe 10 years, you know, so many, so many of these mechanics have been, um, stolen, uh, in, in a variety of ways, right, this also includes, right, like, Bloons, right, has, has all of these kinds of RPG progression mechanics, right, these permanent player, or these permanent character, uh, because as you, you know, as you level up, you unlock different towers, as your towers level up, you know, they unlock different kinds of upgrades that you can buy, right, you know, all this, all the, all of this kind of stuff, um, i think at this point they're so ubiquitous that they're not rpg mechanics anymore right like they were unique but now they're not now they're just good gameplay you know what i mean like good game mechanics
0: almost okay so so let, 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 let's 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 take that right because it's, it's at some point we do need to build a, a lexicon for a game like a game that is kind of just an RPG, like you know like um, if, if you ask kind of like your, your average Joe Schmo gamer, right. And you ask them, is Call of Duty an RPG? They're going to say, no, it's, it's, it's a shooter, right. Even though it has a lot of these strong RPG elements to it. Similarly, there is a class of game that kind of primarily f- like the, the, the defining features of that game are the RPG mechanics, right? Like, um, something like a World of Warcraft or like a, uh, or a tyranny, um, or p- a Pillars of Eternity, um. Or even like a, a final, or you know, like, like a final fantasy, any of them really. Um, what's like is it is is the issue then that we've kind of that we, we've got like we, we need like a new term for these types of games, like quote unquote a pure RPG, right? Like, or maybe we need to adopt our, our old terminology, right? Like JRPG and CRPG. Um, and how do you even differentiate those from like say, like, because. Say, um, pillars and tyranny and these old style tactical RPGs, um, I guess, I guess that's the right word for it, are, are, are different from like, say, your Skyrims, um, and your Fallouts. And F- Fallout is kind of like, if you want to say that like Call of Duty is kind of a shooter with heavy RPG elements, I'd say that Fallout 4 is kind of like right on the other side of that wall, like and e- RPG even with kind of, heavy
1: shooter elements,
0: yeah. Um and at what at what point is is there like a, a real difference like like there there is a significant difference between the two and kind of like I said like my smell test tells me that Fallout Four is primarily an RPG and Call of Duty is is, is primarily a shooter, um but uh, I, w- I wonder how much of that is is you know well so
1: I think there's actually another axis that we can measure some of this stuff on but it's actually harder to do so, and that's because I think RPGs are more narrative-focused than other games are. Uh, I, You know, I have a very hard time with this, right? Like, to a certain extent, I want to say, actually, like, kind of from, like, a definitions point of view, that the that different game modes that are packaged inside of a single game are actually technically, in and of themselves, different games, right? When I log on to Call of Duty and I play the multiplayer versus when I log on to Call of Duty and I play the single player, Right? Those, they're related, right? They're, you know, they're very close siblings, but they're not really the same quote-unquote game, if that makes sense. Um In the same kind of way that, like, I don't think timed chess and not timed chess are the same game, right? You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. And so I I'll, think I'll... from that perspective, when you can kind of pull out maybe narrative stuff uh and say that okay well when you when you're in a narrative game mode that's a different
0: that's a different game so so this uh, so diablo isn't isn't a very narrative focused game right like it, it like the real meat of that game is is all post story um what what does that not qualify as an rpg anymore well, so I'm not saying –
1: so I don't think you necessitate a story. I think there's, like, a tendency, though. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that they, I think that's pretty natural in general that there's a tendency. When you hear RPG, you think narrative-focused sure. and story-focused. And so when it comes to narrowing down, right, the difference between a Call of Duty and a Fallout, I think saying, yeah, Fallout is way more narrative-focused than Call of Duty is, uh, you can – but uh, see, on, but on, that doesn't really track with kind of the principle that I just outlined, in a weird way yeah. because I just kind of was like, well, you know, let's split Call of Duty into two different modes and say one of them is, you know, they're two they're two kind of explicit games and so the yeah, you know and and,
0: mm-hmm. and then the, the, you, you can't you can't just do like the narrative kind of thing on its own because like uh, what was the game we, we both played on um, Inside the, yes actually that was exactly it like Inside is a game that's, that's heavily narratively focused but doesn't really have any any progression, so it's not really an RPG. You know, not kind to
1: nitpick, like, but I actually kind of don't think it's narratively focused. I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, story focused in general, let's say. So, so, so we, we can,
0: you know, I can easily edit this, right? Like any of the Telltale Adventure games. Sure, yeah, right? solid. Are, 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 are story focused and, and not kind of like, there's no like. The progression there is all kind of, like, in, in your, like, personal interactions and whatnot, which... um, Man, how do... I mean, what, you know, that you thing
1: kind of goes very hand-in-hand, hand, to be honest with you. It goes very hand-in-hand hand with RPG mechanics, right? And I think that's why they've been bundled together. I also think it's because, um, you know, myself, me working at Square Enix notwithstanding, I think it's because of Japanese, ga- you know, JRPGs and Japanese game developers... uh. You know, I think if you think of an RPG from the 90s, you're thinking of stuff like, you know, Final Fantasy VII, uh, just basically all of those Final Fantasy games that came out in that time, right? Well, and it's really uh, only when you transition into the 21st century that you can think, that, that kind of the focus shifts a little bit west
0: in terms of, like, RPG Oh, I think that's completely wrong. To a certain extent. Like, like you've, you've got, like, simultaneous, you've got simultaneous things to Final Fantasy games, like your Ultimas and your... And your Baldur's Gates and your uh, yeah, I
1: guess that is actually pretty true.
0: Um, I mean, I I, I think I think you do have a point though in that like, um, kind of back then the, the like, I think the term JRPG in particular was much more relevant back then than it is right now, right? Well, like,
1: so yeah, but I actually think that the reason that the terms JRPG and Western RPG are linked, even though they don't actually share that, I mean, you know, the the original Final Fantasy is like a hardcore RPG. Um, uh, but I think one of the things that these kinds of games share so much is their sense of story, um, and that focus on you know kind of just storytelling, right? Like all, of the, and I mean to say all of the pieces that fall into that, right? Like you know, oh, Skyrim you. isn't a very quote unquote story-driven game, or well, I'm sorry to say isn't a quote-unquote narrative-driven game, but it's a very story-driven game insofar as story is kind of the blanket term for characters and the setting and, you know, all, all of that stuff gets bundled together, if that makes sense. I think Skyrim is much more about kind of exploring the world, but it's exploring the world from the perspective of, uh, you know, literally playing a role, right, as, as compared to something more like Far Cry, which isn't very story focused exploration. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Um but I, I, I also I also think just to go back to your point about like the the the, the things that connect Western and JRPG's story. I don't think that's that's correct either. I think that like the thing that connects those two are, are actually the hardcore progression mechanics, right? Like, you know, your characters level up in both and, you know, in a lot of cases have like vaguely turn based combat. Um Sorry, yeah, uh, but I mean,
1: I mean I agree with that, but I think also, you know, if you if you look at all of the games that are coming out in that time, right? Um the heavy like I think these these two kinds of games, you know, your Baldur's Gates and your Final Fantasies whatever, right, are the are the yeah, I think the two most story focused. Maybe adventure games are more story focused? I'm trying to think <laughs> but my point is, is that, you know, like they are, you know, like they're very, they're very intrinsically linked in this. Part. And by the way, I think, you know, I think that's actually pretty natural, right? Like in the, you know, uh, what I, what I was saying a little bit before about progression for a character mirroring progression of a story. I think that's why story, you know, like a story focus and RPG mechanics have gone so hand in hand for years and years and years. Um, it's because it's very easy to link those two things because, you know, the typical hero's journey arc, right, is very typical to how progression works in these, you know, like, in these games. It's a really good match. It's a really good fit to say that sure. your character is getting more and more powerful, right, and that fits to the hero's journey kind of monomyth structure just, like, so well that it's really easy to glue them together, right? um whereas it's harder to do that with something like a shooter
0: right like see i I don't i don't know if that's absolutely true either because because you do have some good examples of some narratively driven shooters that don't have any progression mechanics, like say half-life 2 um which which is 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 widely lauded as as being an excellent game i never finished it because it gave me motion sickness um, yeah, I
1: actually never finished it either. I got stuck on a oh. physics puzzle, and I was just like, "This is tedious," and I don't want to. I also thought it was bad, <laughs> to be honest with you. You, know, I've talked about content munchers before. I uh, Half Life Two is very much a content muncher to me. Um, just to define really? the term, just to define that term real quick. Content muncher is a game where you kind of do gameplay sections to get to the story sections, right? Okay. Where, where, you know, the narrative effectively pauses for, you know, all of the time that you're doing gameplay stuff, and then you get a cutscene where the narrative moves really quickly, and then it pauses again. That kind of stop, start, stop, start is something I'm sensitive to, I guess.
0: Um, Because, to be honest with you, a lot of games
1: have just gotten better than that at this point, but...
0: I was gonna say I think I think around that time almost every game, even even RPGs are kind of in that mode. Well, I right? Oh
1: oh really? I think it's actually the opposite. I mean this is the year. Like, know, like final,
0: final Fantasies in particular, right? It's like do the story do do like, you know, random you know, go grind some mobs for a while, then kind of do the next story beat. That's
1: fair. Um uh, that that might be true. But I'm thinking, you know, two thousand and seven is the year of Half Life Two, right? No, 2005? it's much earlier
0: than I Um, I thought it was, I thought it was like,
1: shit, I don't know. Why am I uh, thinking, 2007 is when the Orange Box was released, which is why that's the year that I think of it. uh, 2004. Okay, 2004, right, but three years later you have uh, two games, Mass Effect and Bioshock, which I think are both games that are, that, that are a lot, you know what I mean, they're a lot like, they're very narrative driven shooters, right, um, that uh, Gears of War, by the way, two thousand six, another great example of this. They're very narrative-driven shooters where the story progresses through the gameplay beats, where and cutscenes are kind of intermingled in there.
0: If that makes sense. Oh, see, see, but I, I like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna say that that's case, I, th- I think that's also true for 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 even like the original Half Life, right? Like this, the story is like yes, there are some more gamey sections, but most most of the the gameplay kind of Um, is, is, is kind of driven to the, to the story and kind of like a, kind of like a,
1: whoa, man, do I disagree with that? To me, the defining, well, okay, so maybe Half-Life gets better. Half-Life 2 gets better after I played it, right? I only played it for a bit. Uh, well, not a bit. I played maybe like a half and I don't really know how long it went, but maybe like a third, I don't know. I played I played a bunch of it and then I stopped because I got this feeling, right? The thi- the feeling that I got specifically with Half-Life 2 that I never would get from something like Bioshock or that I, well, the original Mass Effect, but, like, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3 kind of, you know, like, are, are better about it. Uh, and the original Mass Effect, if you just kind of stick to the story mentions, is good about it. Um, is that it felt like the gameplay sections, anytime I was really engaging with the gameplay systems of, of Half-Life... Um, Those were moments that would have been cut in the movie version of Half-Life, right? It was getting from point A to point B, and there's all these guys that you got to shoot in your way or some weird physics puzzle that you've got to – you know what I mean? But, like, that physics puzzle is nothing more than a hindrance to your ability to get to the next spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Whereas, Whereas, like, you know, in Gears of War, which is kind of probably the best example of it because it has the least – RPG stuff naturally, right? Like, in Gears of War, you'll be fighting guys and plot points are happening in the middle of that fight because it's structured a little bit more like an action movie where, you know, the fight scene is 10 or 15 minutes, but, like, the kind of, the dynamics change about every two and a half minutes. You know what I mean? Like things are things are changing pretty 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 rapidly. Uh, um, so
0: I I think your memory is selective. I I think that they I think specifically Gears of War and Bioshock and Half Life Two both have both have these moments where like it would be cut from the movie, but they also both have moments where plot points are happening, right? Like 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 I think the the hoverboat scene in half-life two is in, is in the movie. And that's like the, the, the core mechanics of the game. Oh, I
1: do. Oh man, do I disagree? That's the, that is literally the thing that I'm thinking of that. I'm like, cut all of this. It's just him going from point A to point B
0: in the hover boat. Right. But it's, it's, it's a chase, right? Like it's like, that's like a core part of, of, you know, Gordon escapes, right? Like, or, or Gordon, um, like that's, that that's, I think a scene in, in your, your action half-life two movie. Um, and I don't Okay,
1: maybe that's a little
0: compelling. I actually do kind of see where you're getting at. And and I like I'm I'm not saying that your kind of overall point is wrong. I just think that your specific examples are kind of being selective. And I I think actually this kind of era, right? Like starting with Half Life Two and, and building to to kind of like your Bioshock um it's kind of like this turning point where you, you start to in, integrate a lot more of these. I think partially because the technology catches up in, in order to make this like work better.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do pre-rendered cutscenes anymore. You can just do render things live. I mean, that was actually, to be honest with you, that was the big thing. If Half-Life 2, as much as I shit on it, right? If Half-Life 2 is, uh, you know, if there's something I want to give it a lot of credit for, I want to give it credit for that, right? Because one of the things that they don't do in Half-Life 2 is pull you out of the um you know to pull you like the cutscenes play out in front of you um but you you control the camera you control Gordon you walk around I I also I hate other things about this game I don't like Gordon I don't think he's actually a character by the way
0: um uh-huh. I, I think I think he's supposed to be mostly like I think he's supposed to be a Blake uh, yeah black I mean I think he's supposed to be a cipher but
1: you can make a cipher interesting right like bastard chief is a good example of this to me um because well, Halo's kind of trying to tackle a different thing, but the interesting part of Master Chief is the he's a mirror for kind of everybody else. He's a little bit like, what do I think? Like Frodo. Well, that's not a good example. Well, he's kind of unique almost in this way, right? Like, the The thing that makes Master Chief interesting is how everyone else reacts to and interacts with Master Chief, if that makes sense. Um, And... I'm sure there are people who would be willing to make that argument about Gordon Freeman, but I just, I just don't agree. I just, you know, I think he's given, he's, you know, he is called a nuclear physicist, you know, he's called a physicist, right? They ID his job title and they give him a pair of glasses and people call, think that's like a personality, (laughs) if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I I, 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 think there's definitely a mismatch going on there. I, I do, I, I don't agree with you entirely, but, but, but I see your point. I think it's, it's kind of valid enough, right? Like Gort. I think, you know, the kind of describing him as a nuclear physicist is is kind of irrelevant because he doesn't ever behave like one. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's why everybody, I hate it. You know, these
1: posts pop up on Reddit or whatever, right? Where it's like, oh, you know, he was a nuclear physicist but also a badass. And I was just like, God, like, kill me now kind of thing. Um, But, you know, I, I, you know, another good example, by the way, of a cipher is uh, Jack from – Bioshock right him being a cipher is you know monumentally important to the themes of those of that game
0: right um, right right
1: and then they're also you know I also like for instance Spec Ops the line does this that game is fantastic by the way um Spec Ops the line does this where the character basically starts as a cipher because he starts in kind of that bland, you know, military guy, but he get he become he, in a way, in a weird way his character arc is you know you project onto him a lot in the beginning because he's built to be that cipher and then he slowly starts be, to become his own character and as that and as you get pulled apart right like okay he's a cipher you invest yourself in him and you kind of become and you take on him as your avatar right this is natural this is how games work kind of thing and then the back half of the game is slowly you know you don't control him and he does have his own character and he is doing his own things and that like that ripping effect of okay we're going to velcro we're going to velcro you onto him and then slowly kind of rip you apart as the game goes uh is like one of the things that makes that game like a fucking masterpiece um yeah no I, yeah. <laughs> I love that game um but you know anyway i so to to kind of refocus a little bit like that um i think uh uh I think a narrative focus is something that that is that is you can you can throw that in there with RPGs. It's 100% an axis uh, that they have you know that they are evaluated on. Um, you know it's not it's not a requirement, I guess. Right. I think you could kind of make a loot a loot horror game. You know, Path of Exile, and uh, I mean Path of Exile itself kind of already is this game. You know, where, like, the, you know, the story isn't, the narr- there isn't, like, super much of a narrative there or anything. I mean, there is a lot of a narrative in Diablo, it's just not, you know, it's not something you engage with, uh, primary, like, you know, like a primary way, you're engaging with the loot systems. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think racing games, for instance, those aren't narrative-focused games, Right. But I do think, you know, adventure games. Yeah, those are narrative-focused games. Even if you can kind of have an adventure game that's a little bit more like, you know, I don't know, something like, uh, well, you know, something like Inside, right? That's very adventure game-y, but but it's not super, you know, narrative-focused necessarily.
0: But the narrative focus is not not by itself in our RPG make, it's... it's You've kind of, sure. Sure. I'm ha- saying. I'm
1: saying it's kind of a combination of these. Okay.
0: You know, yeah. Um, I I also think there's there's another aspect to this, which is I, I think that in terms of like, I I I, I don't I don't want to use like true or maybe pure is a better like I I don't want to kind of disparage other games by by um implying that there is something better about. Uh, more like you know, more RPG, RPGs, and what I mean by that is that like that that's kind of like the focus. By like you know, if we're trying to differentiate between, say, our our Call of Duties, which ha- which which you know has RPG elements and could be called an RPG in a lot of ways, and like your your pure RPG experience, which belongs, I think, more to your um, uh, your your tyrannies and your and your Final Fantasies, um, and and your dozens of other games, obviously. I think a part of that is that um a, a like a big part of progression in the game needs to be tied to like character progression right like call of duty has character progression but at the end of the day the primary differentiator is still your skill as like an fps player um whereas with say uh diablo or a final fantasy um especially with something like final fantasy or tyranny like these these kind of like possible turn-based games um, the uh, the kind of progression is gated around your character's advancement like like the the story progression is gated around your character advancement whereas or the plot plot progression the, the, the game progression is based on character advancements rather than around player skill does that track with you
1: jeez that is interesting I don't I guess I do agree with that in yeah see the so the something that I'm thinking of that makes me a little bit skeptical maybe is how much of an RPG is something like Mega Man you know what I mean yeah I guess like and 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 I think and so okay so to 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 kind of make a, like a, almost like a parliamentary comment really quickly. I think this kind of line of thinking is a little bit of a rabbit hole and we shouldn't engage too much of it, right? There's no one-size-fits-all definitions. There's sure. always going to be so many, you know, kind of exceptions to, to the rules. But I do think, you know, I think genre matters and I think understanding the terminology that we're using and kind of thinking about using this like as a window to talk about games, right? Like, you know, that's that's obviously a good thing. Um, and, a, and a neat like intellectual exercise but it really does it really does kind of beg the question of me in a certain yeah. sense
0: I actually think a strong example of this is 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 is, uh, is Metroid
1: yeah I mean it's uh, right you know it's literally right up there right like
0: uh
1: I mean Castlevania right I would actually kind of call Castlevania an RPG to a certain
0: extent some of them like, part of the part of the problem with Castlevania is that there's like a thousand different games and- mm-hmm and some of them are, are more more sure. more or less than others. Um, like, I think it's area of sorrow um, is I think much strong like much more describable as as an action RPG or an action RPG. But like I think that kind of like Metroid, like, like classic Metroids, um, don't pass the smell test. But they do have all these kinds of elements, right? They have character progression. They have progress gated by that progression maybe it's not (coughs) (coughs) excuse me um huh i want to say that like that progression maybe has to be like a, a little bit more generic than like finding the upgrade right like like final fantasy you are gated based on the difficulty of enemies and if you are high enough level to beat them but it's not like you need like the you know the ice beam to defeat the uh you know to defeat the ice door to 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 kill that progression blocker you need to just kind of be of a general quality to to get past it um oh, and i think that's boy okay i, I think that's an important aspect right cuz a lot of games have kind of um progression blockers right like well well pokemon is is very very obviously a, a, a JRPG variation um I don't think it's progression blockers are what make it an RPG. I think it's kind of like the leveling of the Pokemon and kind of the the, the, the those aspects. Um, I agree with that. Well, so, you know, and I also think to a certain extent, some of this stuff,
1: I think this is actually very true um, and is probably one of the most underutilized, maybe, um, aspects to what make uh, RPGs, but the... Um, the The kind of map, right I think something that roots a lot of RPGs together is this sense of a world to you know to 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 uh, explore um, you know for instance, something that actually I like about Pokemon compared to um You know, like, you know, kind of Final Fantasy. I haven't really played too many Final Fantasy, so I can't kind of like don't want to comment on that specifically. But just in the sense of like in Pokemon, right, it, it is, it really distills that, you know, move to a new zone, right, and the, and, and, and moving, and the act of moving from area to area and those areas being unique is, you know, that is part of the gameplay right and so you know yeah maybe you kind of you grind right you know you grind whatever off of route 32 or or kind of whatever it is right but like the um you know moving from town to town (coughs) defeating gym leaders uh you know beating team rocket all that kind of stuff i think that kind of like spatial world building movement is something that is uh that is also kind of like a piece of the puzzle to what makes an RPG an RPG. I kind of feel like if you're if you're in a corridor, that is it like doing doing corridor stuff is less RPG than ex- than doing kind of more freeform stuff. No, I I I think I can buy that. I, I, like maybe something I would actually I, use as a good example of this is the difference between something like Bioshock One. And Bioshock Infinite. Um, Bioshock Infinite, I mean, you know, I have I have a variety of problems with Bioshock Infinite, uh, though I do think, you know, I think it is... Well, what do I think it is? Interesting. Um, or whatever. But one of the problems that I kind of have with Bioshock Infinite is that it is very linear. And is very on rails. Um, and that's something that feels out of place you know that, that that's something that feels very much like halo to me right but bioshock one had all of these like you know kind of nooks and crannies to go explore and so even though it was mostly on rails there was a lot of swerving involved and and you could really explore the kind of uh the kind of map and make movements uh throughout the map that weren't just putting you kind of uh you know in a shooting gallery um if that makes sense i don't know yeah i hmm. mean even something like mass effect 2 which is probably one of the most story driven rpgs i can think of right like you know you still you still get you go to the helm of the normandy and fly around to different planets and scan them and you know you you get to do things like choose the the order of you know the missions themselves are tracks Right, you know, like the missions themselves are kind of on rails, um, but uh, the 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 macro scope of the game isn't.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's fair. Um, hmm. I also think part of part of kind of like this 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 definitional uh, kind kind of malaise that we get into is all is also kind of like a lot of like inherited and carried forward stuff like. Um, I get like what what I, I have not played this game so, um, feel like uh, do, please don't crucify me, fans, if, if I've got this wrong. One of the, one of the, um, kind of criticisms leveled against, I believe it was, Final Fantasy Thirteen, is that it's super linear. Oh um, yeah, for, I have heard for, that for most of for most of the game, um, and I think in a world where that was kind of like you know, um you know, f- first, uh, first sword and spell game, one, you know, maybe it doesn't get labeled as an RPG, or rather, nah, I think it does because it's got like a lot of those same kind of systems in it, but, but the, you know, because it comes from, like, like if, if JRPGs had not existed up to that point, and then kind of that that game kind of pops into existence. I don't think it gets called an RPG, but because it comes from like this tradition, it kind of kinda of inherits that label by default. I think this happens actually with with a lot of um kind of uh games with heavy progression mechanics out of Japan and like RPG style battles. Mm, yeah. Um like they they are a lot more linear, but I like like the original Final Fantasy and, and the like is, is actually very much like Pokemon and kind of it's it's, it's relatively open world. And I think that um, kind of one of the strengths of kind of middle to later JRPGs is um, since since typically it's you're following um, a unnamed character, the narrative can be a little bit more strong, uh, a little bit stronger and more personalized. Um, rather than kind of have like rather like the characters can still be, be cyphers to your point but they, they, they still have um like story beats to them right like in in final fantasy tactics um the main character is is kind of like um uh, a new kid at school and then his brother is kind of sick but in this in this fantasy world that they've uh they've been transported into they, they're much more powerful um and you can kind of follow the beats of that story along um um, which which is a little bit harder to do in a in a, uh, in a Western RPG, but um, I think all of those elements, like you know the the battle system, uh, the battle systems, the the stories, and and kind of like the progression mechanics, all followed. But I think a lot of the openness kind of fell off with a lot of the later games, and I I think um, just to kind of uh, you know make myself clear, like like Final Fantasy XV was kind of a return to form with a much more open world than that. Um, uh, but um, I think that a lot, like a lot of games, say like the Tales series, and in um, kind of those those like ten through thirteen years for Final Fantasy, um, kind of got wrapped up in, in in something that maybe wouldn't have been called an RPG if it didn't come out of that tradition. If that makes sense?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I do, you know, well, so I actually kind of weirdly think it goes a little bit of both ways. Um, just like as a preview for later, I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect Andromeda, which is a very open world. I mean, kind of like the whole plot of the game is you running around... These planets that that no no humans ever been on and and kind of going nuts and everything like that, um, but in the same way that I actually thought that that kind of open world design was a misstep for Dragon Age Inquisition, which is one of the first you know one of the first things we ever talked about uh, on our podcast was actually kind of like that phenomenon and how I disagreed with it. Um, they've they've also done it here and I kind of and I and I think it just just as it was with Dragon Age Inquisition, Inquisition I kind of think it's inappropriate. I think that you know uh a game like mass effect um and a developer like bioware wants to focus on the uh you know like the kind of the point a to point b narrative stuff and you know and i and and i think you know the mass effect 3 the mass effect 2 kind of um that there are side missions that you get to choose what order in which you do your missions. I think all of that stuff is very appropriate. I think hub worlds, you know, like all that, all that kind of stuff is great. Um, obviously, items and uh, and everything like that. But it just really bogs down your ability to get in the, you know, g- get in the zone and have a narrative when you get these like weird blocks of, you know, oh, you gotta send your, you know, you gotta send your guys to go do a mission or whatever, you know, whatever they they tell you. Um,
0: yeah, I think that tracks. I think we could actually pull this kind of back into the or pull this into the tabletop realm where like you're you know the purest RPGs out there are tabletop RPGs I, I think kind of by definition right um, uh, and so um I, I like in kind of that way right like while technically you can have like an open world in in a tabletop, it does it's not really structured that way, right? Like you've got your like missions, but right? you've got your dungeons, you've got like whatever you're trying to achieve. Um, and sometimes you have like, you know, little bits of stuff in between, like maybe you have a, a random encounter or like, you know, part of the jerk like, you know, the, the journey being part of the adventure. But the the main thrust is still kind of like these these driven areas, rather than kind of being like this like, you know. It's, you would never like set up a grid and like throw the player tokens on the, the 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 table and be like, "All right, go explore around in rounds." And it's like, "Oh, you see an you see a nut on the ground. You got one nut." Well, you know, to right? be honest with like- you,
1: I've actually done that. I've I've structured. I had a campaign that was uh, that was kind of structured that way. Uh, it was actually kind of the same hook as the one. Of the, you know, you remember the campaign that you guys had where you guys had an airship. Uh yeah, we didn't yeah. get we didn't get like super far into, it, but it was it was kind of like the same concept, and it was not quite the same world, but it was a pretty close one, right? Like dark races and all that, all, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I basically you know you give the players an airship or whatever, and you let them you kind of like let them go nuts or whatever. But even the, but the, 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 that's a,
0: that's not a more macro scale, right? Like this is it, it's not like you're moving in five foot increments. No, yeah, sure. But rep. my
1: point is my point is that um, even in that instance right that world is probably the most sandbox campaign i've ever run you know i had there were seven different provinces and seven different kind of capital cities and uh and they had a contact in each of the different capital cities but all that the players did was they just latched onto one contact and one and, and and so in fact you know i all of those other six kind of hooks and cities and everything all of that could have just been bullshit <laughs> you know what I mean? because they kind of didn't you know, that was you know it was a, it was a, it was a sandbox in theory, but in practice, if anybody watched those sessions kind of end to end, it would have looked like it was on rails because, uh, kind of because of how the like the natural players made their made their decisions. Um, yeah. So 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 like, I don't know. I've yet of- to I've yet to see an RPG. I would like to play in an RPG that's structured a bit like this about something like Skyrim, where. You know, maybe there is like a big overarching kind of thing, but there isn't a kind of impetus to solving it immediately. And so, yeah, you know, let's just ah fuck it, let's go to like Rorikstead for a while and see what's happening over there. You know what I mean? That kind of thing.
0: So, so, so to kind of show a little bit of like I've I've played, um, in Nick's uh, Kingmaker campaign while we were still, um, actually it was the our our like uh, our last year in in school. Like for for those of us who. Who stayed around for a fifth year for various reasons, um, uh, that um, uh, like that game, that Kingmaker game was, uh, like was was very open sandbox, right? You you moved around and like there was an exploration mechanic, but I kind of remember most of like you know the the kind of you know like scanning every hex aspects of it to be kind of like the least interesting part. Yeah. Like it was something we kind of like didn't kind of, you know, the, it happened relatively quickly unless there, like, there were cool things that happened when there was like a cool encounter in that hex. Um, but I also think, I, I think that the, 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 problem with that kind of setup is, is that it like lends itself to tediousness. Cause what you kind of want is, like, I, I think the player's natural inclination is, is to explore every hex mm-hmm. um, or, or every corner in the case of you know like, like a, like a uh, video game. But what you kind of want is for them to pass through and happen to see things along the way, right? Like, I think you kind of get this effect a lot in Skyrim just because every th- there's so much dens- so many dens- so much density of things that you don't end up going to every single thing you see. Um, in the long run, I, I like you know you eventually chain You're like, oh, I'm halfway across the map to where I wanted to be, but then you, um, you might go back and look at some of these things, but you're not like, you're not iterating over everything because it's just kind of impossible. That's true, and in- it's
1: also the information is being delivered much more efficiently because in Skyrim, I just turn the camera and I see a bear fighting a giant. Right, I can go get involved in that if i want a giant's toe or what you know whatever right um but it's also easy for me to like walk away from that but because an rpg the way information gets delivered to you is verbally from gm to player which is a relatively inefficient way of conveying things right like the two seconds it takes me to like pan my thing to the right to get scan it oh bear fighting a giant get i'm, I'm not gonna get involved keep going right that kind of thing you can just do 50 of those right in 5 minutes right for for a game like skyrim or like or like or you know i don't know wow you know any any of these kinds of games right like it's so quick to get a uh, to ki- to kind of see things happening that you can do that thing where you flood the player with options if i were to give you 50 leads it would take me 25 minutes just to read them off the list. And by the time I'm done, you would have forgotten about each of them. You know what I mean? That, that kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? Like, I think that 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 plays into
0: it a bit. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of, just, just to stay on the tabletop for a while, um, uh, uh, I know I've referenced him a couple times now. Angry GM has, has an article about doing travel. I think this filters well into it. I, I think for like an open world game, what you really want is kind of like a a map without any type of like you know like a map that has like cities on it and maybe some roads but no like type of like hex demarcation, um and then you kind of like let the pl- like if you want to make it like making it truly open world it's a little bit harder because like you need some sort like you need some sort of hooks so the players aren't just like I walk in a straight line in the forest until I find something interesting, um like 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 you like you said right like th- there has to be some sort of lead because it's. It, it's hard to do, like, like like, like, a, like a plane lead. Yeah. um Like you can in Skyrim with, like, you know, like, oh, you see uh You could say you see a tower on the horizon, but, like, that's very specifically what the lead is. And you're like, I'll go explore that tower. And he actually... Um, Angry GM actually has a thing about, like, you know, um, how essentially, you know, wh- while you're traveling from point A to point B, um, uh, roll some dice for... It's not number of random encounters. It's kind of, like um encounters throughout the day and some of them will be like you see a tower over to the west do you want to go explore that or like are you busy with other things and this is actually a system that um that uh chris has been using in the 5e game i'm playing with to to great effect it's kind of like oh you guys see like a ruined tower like two miles off to the east it's like well we're not really in a hurry so let's go check that out it's like oh it's it's a little shrine to a god and but it's been knocked over and we fix it up and we get some like minor reward it's like oh that, that that felt very satisfying um
1: interesting you know it's funny my my kind of brain is kind of so hardwired like in an urban sense that uh, i think about that kind you know I, I think about that kind of thing i love the idea of uh of you know a campaign where you walk into a a village and you're hit with a couple of different West, almost a little bit right. Sam, actually, in college, uh the guy that helped us start our our D D group in college would would do this in his games, where you know he would do the thing like you all start in a tavern, but he would do the thing where you all start in a tavern, and then he would go through and kind of meticulously describe and talk about the different people that were in that tavern, and there were maybe four or five unique. You know, like, oh, a group of rangers, you know, okay, like, there's a group of rangers, there's a noble woman drinking glasses of red wine, there's a white-haired man and a one-eyed orc at the bar, and there's, you know, a, um, you know, a nervous-looking gnome. In the corner right and you talk to them and right you know all the rangers say well you know we've been dealing with these bandits right you know like oh my brother bandit mcbandit face is a piece of shit and he you know he's been hounding the village and this is kind of your lead-in to if you want to go deal with bandits right but like oh you go to the you go to the white-haired guy and you know he's oh i'm a zombie hunter and i go you know i, I gotta go to the graveyard because people are saying that you know a necromancer has been raising the dead right you know like, that kind of thing right like that kind of thing feels natural to me, and I would really love to do that more in in games. Um, but
0: uh, yeah. I, I, I like you, you. mentioned that you're kind of wired to her urban settings. I, I think this all kind of like works in um, it, it can work in urban settings too, right? It's just like you, you flavor differently, right? Like no, yeah, I mean af-
1: the, the, you know, that's you know I, I I I 100% agree with you, right? I, it's the same thing. It's like okay, you're walking down the street, and you know there's a manhole cover that's open you know yeah and you go down there well why you know why is that Huh? you know there's a bloody short sword at the bottom of the ladder in the into the sewer right you know like that that kind of thing i think it's you know you can give you can give little uh it's 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 not something that i typically do because so many of the games that i run and so many of the games that we play in um are very impetus driven games you know where there's like you always kind of feel that there's something moving you, uh, right, and, yeah. and we're generally good about as players about like getting on the tracks for the GM kind of a thing, right? Like we don't we don't do a lot of dicking around, so this isn't something that comes up when we play a lot.
0: Yeah, but like I think this is actually kind of a a, a symptom of playing an adventure path, right? Like I think adventure paths are kind of all almost always moving forward, kind of at this. Mm-hmm. Um, paced with the exception of maybe Kingmaker, um, and so, and we've played a lot of Adventure Paths, right? We haven't played a lot of kind of, like, um, more homebrew. I think more homebrew games have the luxury of being a little bit slower paced because you can, you, you as the GM have the freedom to kind of write out the story in as many directions as you want, whereas somebody writing an Adventure Path kind of needs to, um, Kind of, you know, push it in one direction, if, yeah. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And, and, and though I do want to say, to be honest, um, my experience, maybe this is just because of me and how I do it, but my experience has been that players respond to that direction, you know? Um, that airship campaign that I was talking about, not with you, but with my other friends, right? Like, that was built to be like a very open game. And they were, you know, and they were kind of presented with, uh, the kind of hook of that game was, you know, um, the guy, the, like the, the, everyone worked on this airship. The captain of the airship was someone, and then he was murdered, right? Nobody knew who murdered, nobody knew who killed him. And, uh, and in his will, he names his his son, right, who's never ca- piloted an airship ever, um, to be, uh, to be the new captain. And, uh, and so that person and all of the officers on the ship, those were the players, right? And so there was kind of an overarching goal who murdered the captain. <coughs> Let's figure it out. And but the but you know that the the direction to that goal was very aborphous. It was you know the captain is essentially a sky pirate, right? And this this airship is is a smuggler ship, a pirate ship. Um, and so the the kind of thing was well, here are all of his criminal contacts. Why don't you get in good with them and see what more information you can find? But the thing was is that the players found a contact, right? They went on his mission and. You know, like I I presented them. Here are all of these different leads. These are what the contacts look like here. Meet all of them. They all say hi. Oh, it's the funeral, right? Like, and they and they just latched onto one, and they just went. They only wanted to deal with them, kind of a thing, right? Like they didn't care about all the other leads that that were sent. So, to a certain extent, I think it's uh, I think it's almost natural for players to yeah. uh, expect that kind of structure.
0: Um, so, so, so the difference I'm going to kind of point to is like in and like i, I think in a, in a homebrew game right you've kind of got like well you need to like get here and maybe and you know do something and, and maybe get out but, but a lot of that's a little bit more open whereas in an adventure path it's kind of like you know and then the players come across an abandoned cathedral and there are some ghouls in it right whereas like you've kind of got the freedom to let that be a little bit more loose in, in like i yeah, I, I also think you know. I also think an adventure Paths
1: kind of lends itself to the kind of Vyrn gods structure of here is the dungeon, move th- you know, iterate on every door, move through it piece yeah, by piece yeah. by piece, right? Uh, Vers. I mean, you know, Hell's Rebels is is not you know, Hell's Rebels is okay. Here's your big overarching goal, right? Let's subdivide this into little pieces and then incre- incrementally kind of work towards. You know, work towards that, right? Yeah. Uh, and if one of those incremental working towards that is a dungeon, so be it, kind of thing. But uh, you know, I don't know. I you know, adventure paths definitely feel to me like, you know, that dungeon. You know, the the whole the whole last book was just one giant dungeon to iterate over, um, for 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 Iron Gods, and it kind of doesn't really care so much about the that like any any of like the episodic nature or structure that comes with sessions.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but we've kind of we've gotten off topic, and we started talking about tabletop RPGs. Um, um, and we've kind of we're kind of at our hour. Do you have any m- anything else you want to say about uh, video game RPGs?
1: I mean, you know, I think my 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 original point I think holds true. Right, the thing that defined an RPG. Um, years and years ago kind of isn't relevant almost in today's day and age uh just because like the the you know the culture of games has warped so rapidly that it's just it doesn't mirror what you know every you know everything is an RPG nowadays um i don't know i mean i think there are there are, they think there are a bunch of different pieces to it right uh, you know the narrative stuff, the kind of world stuff, the uh, the play the character based progression, all of that kind of thing. but um, so many of those elements have been pulled out and you know shoved into uh, other other games and other genres that I don't know that RPG itself is a meaningful term uh, that can answer the question of is near automata an RPG?
0: yeah um i i think kind of coming coming at it from the other direction i do i do think that there are still some games that you know you look at that and be like that like that is an rpg and that is the best word to describe it right like like your tyrannies right like, which, which is a well that i like to go back to because because it is kind of like a an rpg built in that kind of classic way right like in the style of the 90s stuff but i i i think kind of i think it kind of like kind of like um, I think kind of like most game genres at this point, where we're all the 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 genre lines are, are 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 fuzzing. Um, you kind of, it's kind of like there are these traits that kind of, um, describe an RPG, and if you get enough of them together, it kind of fuzzes out something that you could call an RPG, and I, I don't think you can get any more accurate than that. Um, at this point, moving forward, and like it, like you know, if you get enough of those traits together, and there isn't any other like driving force like like anything else that's overwhelming pushes it in another direction um that's kind of where you have to go with it um but yeah um i think that's about it about rpgs buddy how how was your week my week
1: was good my week was fine was it good i don't know i played mass effect
0: Oof, uh, dude, tell me about mass so okay effect.
1: so okay so about Mass. How effect.
0: tired is your face? Uh,
1: the f- well, you know, to be honest, did you did you get to that part? Yeah, yeah, I got to that part. Okay. That part is ridiculously jarring. Like, I don't know what it is. That specific bottle is awful. Maybe it's just that specific scene. I haven't done any of the scenes with that character. Is that like,
0: line that, as stupid as it sounds? Like, is is there like yes. significant context around? Okay, it is. All right.
1: Well, I mean, there is significant. Well. There is significant context in, uh, like, she says it because th- the circumstances of you meeting her are particularly exhausting,
0: and she was just very short with you. Right, um, right. But that doesn't like it, it's not it's not like you know she's like not actually a human and doesn't like you know understand yeah, she, words yeah, right or yeah, something yeah. like that.
1: It is nothing like it is nothing like that. Well, um, like, it's stu- it's,
0: like, but my face is tired. It's a stupid thing to say regardless. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever it is, I think, uh, I think that, that seemed, you know, I think, that, and there, and there have been a couple of places where I've seen things that, um, it is the most unpolished game I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, like AAA release, like okay. big, big game release, man, it is the most It's not even that it's buggy. I ran into a pretty significant bug that was preventing me from progressing through the game, but it was just because I didn't update my, my drivers because NVIDIA was being a pain in the butt. So, uh, <laughs> so I had to, so I had to get like the super latest version of the drivers that they released in tandem with Mass Effect, li- like yesterday,
0: right? Um, I have those drivers because I, I, downloaded my drivers to, as I faced the progression blocking bug in your automata, but I'll, I'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and so I, I don't put that on the game. The game actually does a very nice thing where when you load it up, it's like, hey, listen, your drivers aren't up to date. Should update those. And I was like. Pfft. Nah. And then um and then I got to this point where my ship like I was trying to get in my ship but the ramp spawned like sideways. <laughs> and so you you needed to walk up the ramp in order to get in the ship but the ramp didn't end in the ship, you know, it's it's really funny. Um <laughs> um but I you know, I fixed that. I haven't had anything like too crazy since then. Um there's been a little bit of things where, you know, I saw a couple of guys spawn you know, stuff like that, but just, like, little things, like, the textures will just look really blocky, and just, like, the lighting will be just awful sometimes, just absolutely god-awful, and none of this stuff is br- game-breaking, right? I, I've i never had the game, you know, I haven't even had things like frame rate drops, and my, my graphics card isn't even very good, right? Like, all of that stuff is working fine, right? No, cr- I haven't crashed a desktop, nothing like that, right? uh but it it's still just so ridiculously unpolished uh that I can't I can't it can't help
0: but be noticeable is this is this detracting from your enjoyment of the game yeah oh, definitely okay. um
1: i don't rate this kind of stuff highly in most you know what i mean like people will say this game is literally unplayable you know about stuff that's like you know, okay, yeah, sure, I crashed a desktop a couple of times in my hundred hours of Fallout 4, but that, that game was definitely, you know, that game was fine, that game was playable, yeah. that game was polished, you know. Um, and this has the opposite problem, right, where, like, okay, you know, it's solid, it's stable, it plays my, it's snappy, you know, all of the all of the systems are working right and it feels good to play in my hands and everything. I just can see it. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, I can just see that they didn't that they didn't get everything. That's I I can't believe that they looked at this and they were like, "Yep, finished product, right?" Like this just had to be a thing where it's like, "Okay, listen, we've got, you know, three. You know, we got them to extend the release date by a couple of months. We have to make the game stable. I don't give a
0: fuck if it looks ugly.
1: Kind of a thing."
0: Have uh, have you seen that? There's there's a gif of someone who's like sprinting through one of the halls, and he like sprints into an area, and all of a sudden like people pop in, but it's like three people standing in a circle, and he's managed to run in between them, so he actually can't get out from in between them. Like,
1: like... <laughs> I've seen I've seen a, a you know a little bit of stuff like that, um, but uh, to be, that happens. Uh... Well, so yeah, I mean yeah. A- anyway, my point is is that it's a, it's an incre it's like it's like a really well built car with just no paint job it's like a it's like a well-built car just like with no paneling on it at all <laughs> you know what i mean like that it, it, it's just you know there, there there's no there's no i i don't know it's crazy it's crazy it's it's you know the, the combat is great it's a lot of it's basically if mass effect 1 was built with Mass Effect 3 is kind of combat systems in that there's a lot of open worldness and I'm feeling that exact same thing that I felt with Dragon Age Inquisition where I'm just like why am I going to this open world? Why is this open world bullshit, right? Just I'm I'm interested in the story. I mean you've hooked me into the characters, into the into the narrative. Just take hold my hands, right? Put me on some fucking rails. Let's do this. Is um, is, the, is the story good? Yeah, I mean it's solid enough as far as I haven't gotten super far, but it's you know, you arrive in Andromeda, you come out of cryo um, and you know, it takes you it takes you a couple hundred years, right? And so you you arrive a couple hundred years and you're supposed to go to this one planet, but holy shit, right? Well, the planet's atmosphere is radically changed and it's because 3 or 400 years ago these aliens came and they fucked with everything. Um Uh, you know, they, they have a bunch of characters, the characters are all, they're, they're not great in the sense that the Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 characters are great, right, like, those characters are great because the, the writers really took care of them, they all have arcs, right, you know, like, this is what, you know, Mass Effect 2 is, you get introduced to the character, right, you do the recruitment mission with them, uh, And kind of get them on your, and understand what they're all about. Then they come with you and they say, hey, this is my character arc. This is the theme, you know, these are the themes that I'm dealing with. Help me deal with them, right? You walk them through their character arcs with them, right? This is what I love about Mass Effect 2. You walk them through their character arcs. They come out the other side. Wow, I feel so much better now that you did this thing with me, right? Um, That kind of care that everybody gets an arc. um, Even minor characters, Joker gets an arc, Right? Uh, right. That kind of care to the characters and everything. I haven't seen that stuff yet, but I wouldn't have seen that stuff yet because I'm so early in it. But everybody is rooted in a pretty specific spot, right? Um, and I feel they all have personalities. They're nobody's nobody's kind of like bland or uninteresting. Um, so I don't know. I I'm, I'm on board with that stuff. I'm willing to be let down. People are saying that they have been let down. Um, uh, but. But yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be a pacing problem. I have a feeling that the that the kind of story beats and the story missions beat to beat are going to be great. They're going to be well thought out. They're going to be well, uh, you know, they're going to have a, 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 a solid progression to them. Um, it's just going to be get, getting super bugged down in this open world crap uh, that's going to kill it. Uh, which is the same thing that that happened with Dragon Age Inquisition, right? I love that game. Dragon Age Inquisition, by the way, way more polished than this, so it it gets that in its in its camp too, right? Um, you know, I don't know. I I think.
0: Uh, uh, so, so 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 to your to your average person out there, do you, do you recommend the game? Not at sixty bucks.
1: Eh, okay. You know, actually, kind of at. Man, see the the thing is, is that it's a little bit like Logan. In that the things that detract from the game are these pinpricks, and there's a whole lot of them. And I'm sure there are people who, if I described this kind of thing, it would get on their nerves and, they, and they'd hate it, right? But I just kind of think that the engine is, you know, it's such, it, you know, it's 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 well-built. The combat is great! It's so good! Uh, it's so snappy and fun, um, and, uh, and I'm really into it, but... Um, you know i you know if you're the kind of person that that are you know the shrek eyes are going to kill you yeah, i i wouldn't recommend it to that person but you know if you're a per, if you're a regular guy who wants a you know however many hour game with shooty with good with good with solid mechanics and a and a strong opener from a story at the very least i can recommend it on those on those grounds definitively also the multiplayer is great but it's basically you know one-to-one from mass effect 3 which had fantastic multiplayer so no surprise
0: (laughs) all right Uh, i think that sounds fair
1: uh how has been near how automata how's yeah, that Yeah, so
0: I haven't played a ton of it. I have liked what I've played so far, but um, my favorite thing from this is kind of this bug I've run into, which is like the most absurd bug <laughs> okay. I've ever seen. So, um, uh, the once you beat the opening mission, which is kind of like the tutorial mission, you're dumped into kind of like the the, the hub in space. It's called the bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are playing it on a monitor. That connects to your computer via Display Port rather than like VGA or DVI. Okay. Um, it skips the cutscene, and when you go to like the next person, it's like ah, oh, you have like or when when you go to like the commander to like get your mission, it's like you're already right. on a mission. What are you bothering me for? And then you can't get on like you can't go do the mission because it's not there. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of absurd. Um. Uh, but um. I, like, and so fixing that problem was a matter of kind of, well, the first problem was is that as soon as I got to the bunker, I, like, saved because you can't save up until that point. It's, like, a, it's, like, it's like part of the, the story mechanic. So I couldn't reload um, from that point to get it to work. So I had to go back and re-beat this, the, the tutorial section again. And then after that point, I had to... Or rather, I had to down. I had to put it in windowed mode, down resolution it, and then move it to my secondary monitor, which is like m- much smaller than my primary monitor and much lower resolution. Um, play through that se- segment, and then once that was done, I so I'm pretty sure what happens is that the part of that scene is it's actually pretty cool. Um, it's uh, it's. One of the secondary characters talking to you and doing maintenance on you, and the first thing to do is like he's adjusting your eyes and it's adjust the brightness, and I'm pretty sure that's what causes the fuck up with the display port, um, uh, bits, uh, or the display port monitors. Um, but uh, um, once that's done, you can go back and play regularly. But it's just such a ridiculous book. But otherwise, I'm having fun. Um, the world's pretty neat. Um, the characters are. Hmm, it is
1: very weird. It is a very weird world. I watched. Uh, I watched the Super Bunny Hop video where he kind uh. of explains like the plot to the original Nier. and I was just there. And I was like, Jesus Christ! What a fucking acid trip this game is. Yeah, I actually think it- this is actually very common. Uh, to be honest with you, of uh, of Japanese games Japanese is actually kind of culture in general right like I think manga and anime are more willing to kind of have really out there kind of concepts and premises right
0: uh I, I think this is actually specifically more true to Yokotaro the director of of this game just because like part of his deal is that like uh, I think it was with Guard, which was one of the first games um, um by the way if you guys if, if any listeners want to no more besides the Super Bunny Hop's video, Clems does a series of videos and there's another video kind of going through the basic timeline, I can link some of them in the descriptions, Um but um with like Guard, he knew he wasn't going to be able to beat out, I think it was like, I think they told him to make Dynasty Warriors, but with like dragons, and he was like, I'm not going to be able to beat those games out on face, so I'm just going to go as crazy as I can, that combined with, um, I think Bunny Hop mentions this, that, like, he thinks it's crazy that, like, video game protagonists are as okay with the level of violence as they are. So all of his characters are kind of, like, are, like, psychopaths that would be okay with this level of violence in the real world. Okay. Um, but there's, like, the, the, the whole Yoko verse is, is just insane. Like, especially when you trace it back from um, its origins. Like, Nier is actually, like, the plot of Nier is a direct result of the um up until that point joke ending of dragon guard one um where the in, in in that game the main character um you uh in that ending um the main character and his dragon get transported to modern day tokyo to fight a giant scream a singing woman uh statue and um the, the result of that is that the statue collapses and everybody kind of crumbles to dust and that causes the plot in Nier. Like it causes the chlorination syndrome, which is like like three levels of insanity too far. Um, and I, I am, I, you don't need to know the plot of Nier or the Dragon Guard games to get Fire in Automata, apparently, but I'm sure that there are a bunch of hints and stuff places and I am, I am looking forward to it to figure out what's what's up because this universe is 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 absurd and I, I i've i've really come to like yokotaro because he's uh, if you listen to some of his interviews he's very frank and he's very uh, uh i don't know he's he, he's he's an interesting person to listen to
1: i've read i've read excerpts of his interviews and i wholeheartedly agree um yeah yep weird <laughs> um I don't know, have you been playing anything else? Have you been watching anything else? I'm just gonna say this because we don't have too much time. I've been watching Iron Fist and it's awful. It's god awful. It's the first thing from Marvel that's truly bad, right? I think there've been stuff there's stuff from Marvel that's not great, but most of it is kind of uh, you know. Right. There is, most of it is like little things that bug me. I don't think Captain America the First Avenger is very good, but I think it's, you know, fine, passable, ineffect- inoffensive, B minus, whatever kind of thing, right? This Iron Fist TV show is straight up garbage, as far as I have seen, which is not very far because I really don't want to watch more of it. But I do want to watch more of it because I want to tell people how fucking awful it is, <laughs> which really sucks because I actually like Iron Fist a lot. Uh, in the comics Uh, not that I have read super like a lot of Iron Fist comics I haven't really Um, but he shows up in like Avengers uh, Avengers comics and stuff like that Uh, and he pops up here and there and he's always really cool and really interesting Um, so it just sucks it just blows that he's so boring and lame and shitty (laughs) Uh, yeah that's how I feel about
0: Iron Fist no, that sounds. That sounds. Uh, have you bad. watched? I've, have you
1: watched like any of the other? Did, like, do you even watch like Daredevil season two? I know we I watched.
0: Not, you watched season season one. I watched season one Jessica Jones. I have not caught up on Luke Cage. Oh, you Daredevil watched Jessica two. Jones? I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I I liked Jessica Jones a bit, um, uh, but I also thought it went on like three episodes past where it showed. Dude, up I like think it. every
1: that is true of every single one of these fucking. Mar- I I think that some of them are.
0: Uh, so yeah. I, I I think some of them like I like I think just compared to I think Daredevil one maybe dragged a little bit, but like Jessica Jones has like a a clear moment where they could have just ended the series three episodes out from its actual ending right like it's I think very rarely that kind of like visible in like a like, I don't know it, it just feels very like like that moment for Jessica Jones felt very stark whereas. In, in the other series, or, like, uh, in Daredevil 1, it just kind of, like, felt like maybe it was going a little slow. If that makes sense. Fine. Uh, yes, sure. Yep. Okay.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. I think, well... Mm, because I do think that they're all a couple episodes
0: too long. Sure, no, I, and, and I can buy that, but, like... Um, it It is rare for me to observe a moment that I'm like, that's why... Like I looked, you know, it's like episode ten, and the thing happens. I'm like, why are there three hours left in the show? Like, it's it's done. Why 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 are you why why are you why do you keep going? Um. Yeah,
1: yeah, that yeah, that definitely happens. Luke Cage is a lot like that. Luke Cage actually, the first half is, pretty So first of all, Luke Cage has kind of bad politics almost. It's very, it's just like weirdly, kind of like dated, and like almost like mean, but like from a place of, uh, of I want to say like tolerance, I guess. One of the so, <laughs> one of the things that's weird about Luke Cage, is that uh, in a time where you know, like whether or not you want to agree with kind of like Black Lives Matter or whatever, but like where like, you know, this is this this was a a, a series that was written, filmed and shot right in the years surrounding Trayvon Martin you know Ferguson right Eric Garner or all of all of this kind of Baltimore right all of this kind of stuff right um and uh and it has nothing to do with that at all there's no there's just nothing about cops or police or any of that you know like any institutional racism right like any of the things that we think of like pertinent topics that are right that are being discussed by the community at large right none of that stuff is in there um it's all uh essentially black on black crime and weird kind of like middle-aged bill cosby telling telling people that that hip-hop is in i it's so weird it's so weird and and dated and I just thought it was the awkwardest I thought it was the awkwardest thing and I think it comes from the fact that they wanted to have like an all-black cast right so they could say hey we have an all-black cast but that means that you have a black villain you know like all of your villains are also black and when you give them motivations that are racial right they want they want to keep quote-unquote keep harlem black well that's also kind of what luke cage wants so what are they fighting over in the first place very weird super odd um anyway the first half of it is actually pretty pretty good right you know it it opens strong which is not something daredevil one opens awfully really poor i think um i think the first like three episodes are just Ugh, i hate it i think it's so bad they really should open with um those you remember you know the part where like Everything blows up. They blow up all of these buildings in Hell's Kitchen. That's where it should have opened on. They got better on their openers because Jessica Jones also opens really strong. And Luke Cage opens really strong. Like, the second episode of Luke Cage is really cool. Um, And, uh, and then you get to episode six. And all of a sudden, it just takes a huge fucking nosedive in quality. And it's just awful from there on out but yeah you know the good news is iron fist is awful from the beginning to the fucking end apparently i don't know i haven't finished it from the first three episodes are garbage it's all garbage i hate it so much uh well i haven't seen it uh so are you gonna do a big watch for the for the defenders are you gonna do like i might
0: i don't know i i've got other things it's a lot Uh, of hours i think that is that it that is i've been I've been mostly uh, keeping up with, uh, with things like there was a Shadow Four live stream today. Oh boy! Uh, or it wasn't. It was last Friday actually, and they just released the the the, the VOD today. Um, and I like, I like uh, Shadow. I'm excited for Shadow Four, so I've been watching that kind of thing, um, and listening to uh, podcasts and stuff like that instead of watching regular TV. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think I've got anything else particular that happened to me this week to talk about. Um, do you do you have anything else? Um, shit.
1: We didn't play any. We didn't play any RPGs. No. Uh,
0: we're recording this in the normal. Yeah, we're, we're because, supposed to be uh,
1: playing Hell's Rebels, but Charles had a thing. Uh. I don't know. I've just been playing Mass Effect, raiding. Uh, we downed heroic Gul'dan last week.
0: Ooh, congratulations! And by we,
1: I mean me, Enoch, and Rachel. What? Uh, what? I got my new schedule at work. I I s- switched to a new heroic raiding group. I just like posted a thing on Reddit, like, "Hey, anybody want my super fucking geared warrior kind of thing?" Um, and so uh, and uh, and so they needed to fill out dps slots and i was like well i got two friends that are you know like that are geared right um and i invited and i invited rachel and uh rachel and our friend enoch and we got we got we were we did a couple you know we were just doing attempts we were just progression right like wiping and improving and wiping and doing whatever and we got him down to one percent and then basically everybody died because there was just not enough healing um, but the one he you know he had like 3 million hp left and our demon hunter tank was alive and soloed the last 3 million hp and we got ahead of the curve gul'dan before all of our friends and it was awesome oof ahead of
0: ahead of the curve ahead, yeah were.
1: ahead of a uh, uh, ahead of ahead of the curve yeah i'm really pissed because Arms Warrior, do you have a, just, like, as a quick, like, gut check, do you have an opinion on this, like, principle? Arms Warrior is really hard. It's a really fucking hard spec to play. And it's because the only way you get good, you know, you get good numbers is with a rotation that utilizes an off off the global cooldown, um... Uh, ability where you know like every time you hit the guy you gain some rage right and you want to burn off rage by using this off the gcd ability to pump the power of your mortal strikes kind of thing and keeping juggling these kind of stack bonuses is how you get dps as an arms warrior as a fury warrior all you do is you know it's it's you know parappa the rapper it's you know button one button two button three button one button two button three you know and then eventually you hit button five and and maybe you hit that instead of button two and you just kind of like slide it in there so it's way easier to play fury warrior than it is to play arms warrior but fury warriors do more dps than arms warriors do i have stated that i'm of the opinion that because it's harder to be arms than it is to be Fury, arms should do more damage, right? Like, that the skill ceiling, you know, the skill ceiling is harder to hit, therefore it should be higher kind of a thing. Um, how do you feel about that in an MMO? Um,
0: I kind of feel like, hmm, like, I'm kind of like, like, face, I, I do think, like, I have a problem with any spec being, like, flat-out better than another, but I do kind of, like... I kind of feel like if, like, the first 75% of your damage is, like, a lot easier to get to with, like... I With, with just, like, some very simple rotations, then that last 25% should be a lot harder. Whereas if, like... Like... I feel like a player playing at, like, two players playing at, 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 like, top capacity should be doing approximately the same amount of damage, but I think the balancing mechanic for that is that, like, if it's very easy to get your first X percent, then the last Y percent should be a lot harder. And so, like, like I guess, like, in, in, in my example, right, like, a 75% Fury Warrior would get to 75 very quickly but have a hard time pushing himself to 100, whereas the Arms Warrior would have a harder time to getting to 75 but pushing out to 80 and 85 would be easier for him if that makes sense Th- that is kind of like I don't think it's it's fun or good to have um and, and maybe this this is this is acceptable because it's it's um it's specs rather than um rather than class but I don't think it's good to have classes that one class that is like flat out better than another um but I do think that like um, I, I I do think you you should be in 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 some way rewarded for having a more difficult kind of time with it. If that, like, I do think gotcha. there should be a word for someone who's willing to 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 push it. That makes sense. Uh,
1: sure. Yeah. Uh, just to add uh, a third perspective on this, the argument that I was having with 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 our boy Sarian, shout out. Um, Sarian's perspective is that. The ideal, like, kind of, you know, like, the ideal way that this balance stuff works is that all specs are equal, essentially, right? All the specs do about the same damage, um, and you want to shoot for all of them doing about the same damage, and the differentiator between specs is, uh, you know, play style, right? Um... For instance, I'm frustrated because ARMS is really, really hard and I'm getting, and I am I feel like I'm not get. it's just really, really hard to do and I want it to be easier to a certain extent. But Fury is also kind of too easy such that it's boring almost. And it, from his perspective, you play ARMS because you like the ARMS play style. You play Fury because you like the Fury play style, right? And that could even be something like, I like, you know, I like the idea of being a berserking, hulking, two-handed, you know, d- dual-wielding two-handers warrior over the kind of, like, precise, you know, precision uh, that comes with the kind of fantasy of playing a one, you know, an, an, of an arms warrior kind of a thing. And that that's the way that 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 you should balance and think about your, your game.
0: Uh, anyway. Yeah. I- yeah. it sounds about. Fair, I guess. I don't know. Um we're way over time though, at this point. Yes. So uh yes. Um uh if you want to tell us what you think of Fury versus Arms Warriors or about RPGs or about anything we've talked about, Iron Fist maybe. Um, you can email us at some games at gmail.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash umdurvous games You can watch us on YouTube, you can um uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All the links will be in the description. Leave comments, send us emails, we love them. Uh, um, and I think that's everything I had. Buddy, Did you have anything else you wanted to promote? No, I am uh, I'm good to go. Um, one last thing that I just remembered, on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we will be finishing out Rune Lords. Um, the planned start time is 10.30 a.m. Pacific. Um, the chances of that happening, um, Super on time are about 25%. We will start around thereabouts, um, come watch it, finish out this campaign if you would like. Um, I'll be there, Buddy will be there, um, the rest of the party will be there, um, and then next week the podcast will be a retrospective on that campaign. So, I'm um, look forward to that. Um, uh, I think that's it, so I'm going to say, until next time, dear listeners. Until next
1: time, loyal listeners.